0: On today's episode of On Deck, I found a bug in SteamOS, and I found a solution for it. Plus, I have a bone to pick with Steam. We also have new patch notes. One of my favorite MMOs is now playable on Deck, and I just got four more controllers to use with the Steam Deck. Finally, we've got some great deals on the Deck, and we've got a game that's actually increasing in price. If that sounds good... Let's get started. Let's start out with that troubleshooting tip that might make your life easier. I recently finished playing Crisis Core, which made me get in the mood for more Final Fantasy. Now, I had played about 50 hours of Final Fantasy 12 on my Switch, and I ended up rebuying it for the Steam Deck because I like playing on the Steam Deck better. I only got about 10 hours into it before getting distracted, so I decided to give it another shot. When I went to play it, And the install button on my Steam Deck was replaced with a stream button so I could stream it from my PC, but I actually wanted to install it locally. Normally, next to the stream button is a little menu to allow you to switch to playing locally, but it wasn't there. I tried rebooting the Steam Deck, I tried going into beta mode on Steam Deck, and then back to the stable channel, but nothing seemed to fix it. Finally, I figured out by going into the gear icon, I was able to force compatibility mode. I switched it to GE Proton and the game started downloading. After it finished downloading, I was able to switch back to just regular Proton and everything worked fine. I don't know what actually caused this problem, but now you know about it and you know about the solution if you run into it. Moving on to The Division 2, it's a game that I actually had purchased on Stadia. Well, Google just shut Stadia down and they refunded everybody for pretty much everything. We'll talk more about that later on but I wanted to play this game again. It was only nine bucks on Steam, so I figured I'd pick it up. If you haven't played it, it's a third-person shooter MMO that takes place in Washington DC and New York City after a pandemic kind of wrecks the world. Well, when it first released, it was incompatible with Linux due to its anti-cheat software. I was absolutely shocked, but Ubisoft updated the game and now it works fine but I'm not sure I would actually recommend playing it on the Steam Deck for a couple of reasons. Here's one. First of all, a lot of the UI is really small and hard to read. I turned on accessibility features in order to make that better, and it did fix some parts, but even some button prompts had me guessing at what I was actually supposed to press on the 7-inch screen. Secondly, the game looks fine on low settings and it runs really, really well, but it absolutely chews through the battery. Both of these things said it really does play great. I ended up turning on gyro and binding it to the left trigger so that I could aim down sights and it felt fantastic taking out enemies in the streets of Washington. I'm gonna keep messing with it and see if I can get some better settings that'll make it sip the battery rather than chug it. And if you've been playing the Division 2 on Steam Deck and you have a good solution for that battery issue let me know in the comments down below let's take a look at patch notes on January 16th and January 19th valve updated the beta channel for SteamOS. OS they fixed a few bugs but they also added up and down cursor keys to the on-screen keyboard which is awesome because I hate using the touchscreen green to try and get the cursor in the right place now if you're using the beta and you're wondering why you can't see them it's because they're hidden behind the left and right cursor keys you have to hold down shift access them this is a good move because adding any more keys to the on-screen keyboard would have to make all of the other keys smaller. And in my opinion, the touch targets are already kind of small to begin with, so I don't think that that would be a good idea. Now, one complaint that I have about the keyboard that I'm absolutely sure I've said before is the number of times the keyboard comes up and it covers where I need to type something in. In cases like that, I'd really like to see the keyboard have an option to shrink down and move to the side of the screen to get it out of my way. In fact, in this mode, it would be great if they would disable touch type completely and let me move the keyboard with my finger on the screen out of the way and then use the D-pad and buttons or the uh, touch pads in order to actually type something in. It isn't a huge deal, but when it is an issue, it is really irritating. Now looking at notifications on the Steam Deck, you now have pinned notifications for new inventory items, trade offers, asynchronous game turns, moderator messages, offline chat messages, and help request replies. By the way, what are your favorite games to play asynchronously on the Steam Deck? I don't think I've ever played a game like that on my PC or on the Steam Deck. I think the closest that I ever have would be on my Nintendo Switch when I played Wargroove. And what always happens is one one person or the other person ends up forgetting to take their move and then it just dies off. But I'm curious if you guys have uh, games that are awesome to play that way. Valve also added the option to ignore Steam rewards on the account page if they were registered by another user on the device. Now, I don't run into this issue because I don't share my Steam Deck with anybody, but I'm curious for those of you that do share your Steam Deck with another person, what kind of issues are you running into? Are there things that are driving you crazy about that, and are there solutions that you think would improve that experience? Let's move on to big picture mode. Now, I know that I am in the minority, but I absolutely love the new big-picture mode I like it so much that my Windows machine now automatically boots into Steam and jumps into big-picture mode when I turn it on it's just like the Steam Deck user interface and I like it a lot now when I'm using big-picture mode sometimes I run into issues where I start a game but my controller hasn't shifted over to the game and is still sending inputs to Steam so i'm trying to play the game and nothing is happening in the new beta software big picture mode should now let go of your controller a little bit quicker so you won't have this issue they also updated steam input to put the controller and keyboard on screen at the same time if you have a big enough screen this is great but i couldn't get it to work now my computer is hooked up to a 4k tv which i would assume is a big enough screen in order for this to work but It doesn't work for some reason. Every time I go into Steam Input, I always see the controller and the keyboard on separate tabs. So if you know what I'm doing to screw this up, let me know. Speaking of those tabs, let's say you're binding a keyboard and mouse game to a controller with Steam Input. Well, most of your bindings are going to be from the keyboard, which previously, every time you opened up the binding window, It would start on the gamepad tab, and you would have to press R1 a couple of times in order to get over to the keyboard tab, and you would do this every single time. Well, in beta, it will now remember the last tab that you were on when binding something, so if you're binding a bunch of keyboard keys, it's going to keep opening up on the keyboard tab each and every time. I think this is really gonna speed up making new layouts for a new game that you just picked up that doesn't have controller inputs configured. A gripe that I have when it comes to Steam is family sharing. This isn't anything new, but first off, the fact that I can't play any of my games if my son is using one of my games is just goofy. The way it should work is if my son borrows one of my games through family sharing, then I can't play that game, but I can still play all of my other games. The way it works now is if he borrows a game, I'm completely locked out of my entire library unless I am willing to kick him off of the game that he's playing. It's kind of ridiculous. Of course, you can trick the system by having one person play in offline mode, but I think that that's a terrible solution. Now, I'd like to say that Valve should update family sharing, but I don't know that it would do us any good. I was recently looking through steam db at the most followed upcoming steam games and i noticed that nearly all of them have family sharing disabled i guess because valve's implementation of family sharing is so goofy a lot of people just never noticed this trend or at least i never did i totally get that publishers are absolutely within their rights to do this and i get why they absolutely would want to do this but at the same time I just kind of wish that they would treat digital sales like a physical copy, if you want to share it between family members. Even if they wanted to restrict it to people using the same IP address, I think that that would be totally fine. But I understand that they have to maintain control. And speaking of maintaining control, for those of you that don't know, this channel actually started out as a place to record episodes of StadiaCast, a live podcast about Google Stadia. Each week on Sunday, myself and my co-host Lloyd would sit down and talk about all of the Stadia news and a a couple of hundred people would show up and we would have an absolute blast talking about it. We even had John Justice on the show a couple times. He was the VP over at Stadia. The reason I mention this is I know that quite a few people that subscribe to the YouTube channel were Stadia fans. And one thing that all Stadia fans have in common is that they all have a bunch of Stadia controllers or at least one. Well, Google has now officially shut down Stadia and they handled the shutdown so much better than they handled the service. They refunded nearly everything that we bought, but one thing that many of us were worried about is what would happen to the Wi-Fi controllers? Would they just turn into useless paperweights? Well, I guess we didn't have to worry about this because on the last day that Google Stadia was out, Google put out a tool in order to turn those Wi-Fi controllers into generic Bluetooth controllers. And I've got four of them here at my house. I might actually have five uh, that I dug out of storage and I hooked up to my computer and I ran the tool and now They all work flawlessly on my Steam Deck and on my PC and on my Mac and on everything else that connects with Bluetooth. It's awesome. If you've never used Stadia controllers, see if you can get your hands on some cheap because they are fantastic controllers. The sticks feel great and the buttons are super clicky and satisfying. And I really like the D-pad. Normally games get cheaper over time, but Factorio has just decided to raise its price. If you are unaware, Factorio is a factory management game that was originally released in Early Access in 2016 before its full release in 2020. The game's overall reviews are overwhelmingly positive, and the recent reviews are very positive. On January 26th, the game is going to raise its price from $30 to $35 due to global inflation. Now, you might think that you can just wait for the game to go on sale, but if you look at the SteamDB page for the game, you will see that the price never changes. In fact, the devs have specifically said that they have a no-sale policy in order to respect the people that have already bought the game. And while I love getting a good deal on a game, I totally respect their stance there. It never feels good when you buy a game and then the next week the game is 50% off. So I guess if you're waiting to pick up Factorio, don't wait for a sale. It's never going to be cheaper than it is right now at 30 bucks. And if you watch this after the 26, it's already gone up 5 bucks. Forspoken should be out pretty soon, but the publisher isn't letting any of the big sites get early access to review codes. Now this is not necessarily mean that the game is going to be a bad game, but it's a red flag for sure. In addition to that, they recently released the PC recommended specs and they are kind of nuts. I think it's safe to say that this game will not play well on the Steam Deck. The minimum specs require 16 gigs of RAM. 160 gigs of hard drive space, an AMD Ryzen 5 1600 or Intel Core i7-3770, and an AMD Radeon RX 5500 XT or a GeForce GTX 1060, and that will only get you 720p at 30 frames per second. Can you run this game on the Steam Deck? I'm going to guess probably, but it's probably going to absolutely destroy your battery, and you're probably going to get pretty terrible frame rate. I'm not sure if this is the fault of the devs for poor optimization, but I have run afoul of Square Enix's kind of rushed ports many times in the past. Though I will say I recently was playing Crisis Core on the Steam Deck and it ran flawlessly, and I know Final Fantasy VII Remake also runs really well on the Steam Deck, so maybe this game will run well, but I doubt it now let's move on to a game that i sure won't have nearly as stringent requirements endless dungeon this game has been on my list for a while now it's a roguelite tactical action game that features online co-op dungeon crawling it seems to play like an isometric dungeon crawler think diablo or torchlight but you and your team have to defend against hordes of monsters that are trying to attack your crystal Well, it finally has a release date. Sega announced that the game will be dropping on May 18th, which is a way off, but I am hyped for it. I love the look of the game, especially the hyper-saturated colors and the -the over-the-top animations. You guys know that one of the best things about PC gaming is the non-stop sales. Well, I've got some humble bundles that you might be interested in. For those of you that don't know, I am a humble bundle partner, which means if you use my links to pick up these bundles, you are not only going to be getting awesome games at a cheap price but you'll also be directly supporting the channel so thank you to everybody who does humble currently has three bundles first off we have the wadget i bundle now i have to say i'm not a fan of point and click adventure games i always think that i'm going to enjoy them and then i play them and i get frustrated and i don't have fun but one of my best friends is also a member of our community discord and when i shared this bundle with the community discord in our deals channel his immediate response was these are some incredible point and click adventure games and there's 14 of them for just 10 bucks, The lowest rated of them is 88% positive on Steam, so if you are looking for some point-and-click goodness, I think this bundle might be for you. Now, if you're like me and you don't like point-and-click adventures, maybe you'll like this next bundle, which is the Fighting Farmers bundle. It's $14 for seven games, and I haven't played most of these games, but I did play Forager on my Nintendo Switch, and I remember enjoying my time with it. That game is currently $20 on Steam, so for $6 less than the purchase price of Forager on Steam, you can get Forager and six other games on top of it. The last bundle is called the In Case You Missed It Gems of 2022 bundle. And I have to admit, I missed all seven of these games. I don't think I heard of any of them. Included in the bundle is Prehistoric Kingdom with an 83% positive rating on Steam. Then Zero Sievert, 92% positive. Submerged Hidden Depths, 94% positive. Superland, six inches under, which is sitting at 97% positive. Haiku the Robot at 91. 1%, Power Slave at 92%, and Sources of Madness at 85% positive on Steam this seems like a really great deal and if i didn't just subscribe to humble choice for doom eternal i would probably pick this up again if any of these deals sound good to you make sure that you use my link in the description all right speaking of really good deals rockstar currently is having a steam sale and you can get games like red dead redemption 2 for 67 percent off i'm not actually a fan of rockstar games i don't like the way most of their games control so This is not for me. But if you were somebody who wanted to play Red Dead Redemption 2 and you've been waiting this long, 67% off seems like a really good deal. Also, Titanfall 2 is on sale for $3 right now. It's marked as playable on deck, and I've heard nothing but great things about that game. Speaking of hearing great things, I've heard nothing but great things about these awesome people who are supporting this channel, either through Patreon or becoming channel members. So thank you very much for the support. From the Nerd Nest... I'm Bill. Stay rad, everybody.